Believers. This is Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. Let me tell you something, y'all. This is love. This is love right here. I'm sure you recognize by now my voice is not what it usually is. I never get sick. I may never get sick. And if I do, it's like a 24-hour thing, and then I'm back off to the races. But I truly believe that because of the content of this message, because this message is so necessary and relevant right now, that I am under physical attack. Like literally, I have been battling a sore throat for four days, but I am determined to get this episode in the books because it's a necessary message for us right now. And so please, all apologies, forgive me, extend to me a measure of grace because I sound like Lurch from the Adams Family. Nonetheless, I am going to push through with this message. I got my tea on the left, my hand sanitizer, my tissues on the right, and I am ready to roll. So if you haven't yet, make sure that you submit your application to DYOB to join me in Mexico. Playa del Carmen, it's a wonderfully transformational experience. Please make sure that you get your applications in because we're going to be sending out our letters of acceptance very soon. So make sure that you take care of that. So today's episode is all about the thirst is real, purposeful elevation. And so our guiding thought for today's episode, actually, we have a few guiding thoughts for today's episode, but our guiding scripture for today's episode is 1 John Chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, and it says this, Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So three things we're going to be talking about today is number one, the danger of ego. Number two, be careful who you follow. And number three, purposeful elevation. So here's the thing. Right now, there is a real palpable, tangible thirst from a lot of entrepreneurs and influencers to be what I call celebrity adjacent. They want red carpet. They're in love with the glam. You know, we just had award season where it was like the Grammys and the Oscars and the Emmys and the Golden Globes and the NAACP Image Awards. And I've seen so many people that have aspired to want to be a part of that dynamic, to be a part of that that fame. And on the surface, there's nothing wrong with that. At the same time, it does raise the question, why? You know, one of the books that I always recommend for entrepreneurs to read is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And so how does being celebrity adjacent, how does being a part of the red carpet experience, how does being in the know coincide with your why? How does that coincide with your purpose? And if it does, that's great. But what I'm here to caution you about today is how your purpose can be askewed by your ego. And so this brings me to mind, uh, the book of Revelations. So in the book of Revelations, God is writing to a number of churches. And one church in particular, the church of Ephesus, he writes a letter in Revelations chapter two, and he says, you know what? You are doing some really good things. And he starts listing all the wonderful things that they're doing. But when he gets to verse four, he says, but 
I kind of got something against you. He says, I have somewhat against you because you have forsaken your first love. In other words, you are doing some wonderful things right now. You are helping people. You're adding value to their lives. You are doing this and you're doing that. But I'm, I'm feeling some kind of way because you have forsaken your first love. And this is what brings me to mind about when we place in our hearts a desire to want to be celebrity adjacent or walk the red carpet or be a part of the glitz and the glam of Hollywood or all of the things that come along with it, then you have to raise the question, how does this coincide with my purpose? How does this coincide with my first love? There's kind of like this predictable pattern that happens is that, you know, we begin with purpose and passion and a sincere desire to help other people overcome their obstacles and live their best lives and excel in life and in business. But after a while, you know, after we've had some success and we start to gain a following and we start collaborating with key brands and influencers, then sometimes a shift happens where we're still doing all of those things, but the shift comes when it becomes more about us and less about them. So when it becomes less about the people that you want to serve and more about you and your personal desires and where you see yourself, it's a subtle shift, but it's a powerful shift. Because what happens is instead of being purpose-driven, then you become ego-driven. You want to be celebrity-adjacent instead of purpose-adjacent or celebrity-adjacent instead of Christ-adjacent. So you see the value in being close to celebrities because you believe that they can open up doors for you and you think that it will open up doors for your brand and your business. But let's pause for a second. Can't God open those same doors? So a lot of times we look at celebrities that we admire and we think, I would love to work with him. I would love to work with her. Or, oh my gosh, I would love to be a part of that experience because it could open up so many doors for me. But who opens those doors? Who opened the door for them? Who allowed that experience to be what it is? The Bible says that apart from me, you can do nothing. And so if God doesn't allow these things, then they don't happen to begin with. And so the question becomes, why do we place the focus and the desire on being celebrity adjacent and being closer to these celebrities because we want to get close to them. We want to be proximal to them because we see a value or the possibility, keyword possibility, that they can open doors when as believers, we know that God can open any door. We know that nothing that he has assigned to us can be taken from us because the Bible says that no weapon formed against us will prosper. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have obstacles, but there is absolutely nothing that the enemy can form that can thwart the destiny that God has assigned for us unless we pivot and go in a different direction. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, but the enemy can influence you and send you down a path that takes you farther and farther away from it. So if you believe that celebrities can open doors and that's where you're placing your trust, your focus, and your emphasis, why is it that we are desiring to be celebrity adjacent instead of purpose adjacent or Christ adjacent? Another thing is, is that there's a belief that fame can give us value and significance. And so it can elevate our platform. At the same time, the Bible says that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the north or the south. He says that God lifts up one and will sit down another. It's where you're placing your beliefs, where you are placing your focus. 
if you believe that fame and being a part of these types of experiences or being celebrity adjacent is going to give you value and significance, then I have to take you to what the word of God says, where he says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that you are precious to him. The Bible says that while you were yet in sin, so while you were doing things that you had no business doing, he loved you enough to die for you. And so if that's not an indicator of value and significance, then I don't know what is. A lot of times we can get so distracted by the glitz, the glamour, what looks like a abundant and prosperous life and overlook the fact that we already have one. We can be so desirous. And and again, I always caution against comparing yourself to other people and so envious of peers that walk in these circles or operate in these circles or get to go to certain events that we don't have access to. And all of that can become so distracting from the fact that God has already given you value and significance. And what we do is we find ourselves hustling for something that we already have. I tell people all the time, you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. But because your victory doesn't look like what you see on social media or because your victory doesn't look like what you see on the red carpet or because your victory doesn't look like what your friend is doing in Hollywood or what your friend is doing in New York or what your friend is doing out in wherever, then you start to doubt and question your value and your significance and start to believe that if you could do those same things, then you would have that same access and that you would have those same opportunities. But that's just not the truth. You can't copy and paste somebody else's success story, number one. And number two, what it does is that it creates a dynamic where you are placing your trust, your belief, your investment in things that have very little to do with your purpose. Again, it starts to become more about you and less about them, less about the people that you want to serve. So you have to ask yourself, how is being celebrity adjacent, walking the red carpet or operating in quote unquote celebrity circles going to benefit the people that you want to serve? If you have a clear answer for that, then that is fantastic. Then you are straight up in alignment. But if you can't answer that question, if you are struggling and saying, well, it really won't benefit them per se, but it's what I want to do and it's how I want to live my life and it's who I want to be, then that's fine. We're grown. You know, that is 100% your choice. At the same time, you have to ask yourself, how does your desire to be a part of that circle, how does your desire to be a part of that world align with what God has called you to do or what you believe that your purpose is? Another thing about the danger of ego is that when we start focusing outwardly on how things look and how things appear and what things will create what we believe to be status or significance and value, not only does it become more ego-driven, but you also start to neglect the people that started to follow you. So the people that gave you the initial success, the people that believed in your brand, the people that believed in your platform, the people that believed that you were trying to be a voice for the underrepresented, the people that believed that you were giving voice and, and accessibility to their pain and helping them relate to things that they were experiencing in their lives, all of a sudden those people get pushed to the back burner. And so, for example... I was having a conversation with a client this week who was 
hemming and hawing about having an event. And I said, well, why are you scared to pull the trigger? What is the deal? And they admitted that it was a fear of failure. And I said, okay, well, what does failure look like? And they said, well, failure looks like only having five people show up when my vision and my dream is to have 50 people. And I said, okay, well, that's ego. That's about ego. If you have an event and yeah, you may have planned for 25, 30, 40, 50, 100 people, but only a small fraction of that shows up. If you are ego driven, you will be pissed off. You will be hot, bitter, hurt, and resentful about the 25, 30 people or the 45, 50 people that didn't show up instead of being grateful for the five, six, eight people that took time out of their lives, time out of their schedule, came to something that you hosted and supported you. We often fall into this pattern of measuring our success in quantity versus quality. Those four or five people that came to support you might very well be the people that can take your brand to the next level. And so we also fall into a pattern of being discontent with the things that we have. And so if you read the Bible, God says, if you've been faithful over a few things, I will bless you with many things. And so if you feel some kind of way or throwing shade at the few people that came to support you, then you're not going to value the hundred people that came to support you. Again, we need to stop measuring in terms of quantity and look at the quality and look at the significance and maximize the things that we have and create a great experience for the few so that we can get some testimonials and some buy-in before we're ready to do that for the many. And just because it's a few today doesn't mean that it won't be 300 tomorrow or next year. And so again, you have to ask yourself, if you are measuring failure or believing that failure is in numbers in terms of the number of people that follow you, then you have to ask yourself again, is this purpose driven or is this personally driven? Am I about me or I'm about those people? In the Bible, the apostle Philip, he was sent out into the desert to minister to one man. So he was in the place where there was a lot of people, a lot of hustle and bustle. They had just had a, you know, a Holy Ghost good time and there was revival going on and there were thousands of people. And so that in those days would have been kind of like the red carpet equivalent of a revival. And God called him out of that place to go into the desert to minister to one person. And that person ultimately ended up giving their lives to the Lord. Do you have that same willingness? Do you have that same attitude, that same desire to yield and be obedient and realize that you might have to be called away from the glitz, the glamour, the red carpet, and the dazzle in order to speak into the lives of one person or two people? The thing is, is that we keep measuring success by a metric that God may not have intended for us. And so you have to ask yourself if that is indeed the case, can you be okay with that? So that is the danger of ego, ladies and gentlemen, is that when we start forsaking the people that support us initially, when we start forsaking our purpose and we start pursuing things that build us up, but don't necessarily build up others or build up the kingdom for that matter, then we have to examine our motives and that can be a slippery slope. My second point for this podcast is to be careful who you follow. And this comes from Philippians chapter 3, 17 through 19. And this is Paul speaking to his followers who he had been 
training up and teaching the gospel because he was getting ready to leave them. And he wanted to leave them with some parting words. And this is what he said. He said, join one another and following my example, brothers. So he's like, follow me as I follow Christ and carefully observe those who live according to the pattern that we set for you. So he says, if they're doing the things that we have taught you and teaching the principles and walking in the principles that we have instilled in you, make sure that you observe them and stay the course. Verse 18 says, for as I have often told you before and now declare even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is in their belly and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are on earthly things. So one of the things that you have to ask yourself and what I'm going to caution you is be careful who you follow. The people that you admire, the people that you adore, the people that you want to quote unquote be like, where are they going? Do you know? Do you know what they believe? Do you know what they subscribe to? And if they espouse a belief that is in alignment with your beliefs, is that how they live? Is that how they show up in their brand and in their purpose? So for example, I always use them, don't throw tomatoes at me. But yes, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians. The Kardashians are very successful. At the same time, are they in alignment with your belief system? Do they carry themselves in a way that demonstrates the kind of qualities that you want in your life as a believer? And if not, then you have to ask yourself, where does this admiration come from? What is that about? Another thing, the Bible says, as as Paul is saying, he says, one, their end is destruction. So be careful who you follow because you don't know where they're going. If somebody that you admire is walking contrary to what God says or what you believe, then you have to ask yourself, where are they going? If the Bible says that their end is destruction, then that's not where you want to end up. And Paul gives you some clear examples of what to look for and be careful and guard yourself against with regard to who it is that you follow. I know that sometimes, especially in America, because racism is so real that as an African-American, you are inclined sometimes to just fall right in line with other African-Americans and you want to support them because black people for so long have been pushed out of the margins and are now starting to get some recognition in the mainstream. And I 100% respect and appreciate that. At the same time, there's a difference between admiring somebody and being devoted to somebody. And so Paul leaves you some clues about what to look for and what to guard yourself against with regard to who you follow. And he says, whose God is in their belly, which means that they are pleasure seekers, that they live to please and serve themselves, not necessarily others. He says, whose glory is in their shame, which means they show off things that they should be ashamed of. And so nowadays we live in a a time where you can't say anything remotely disparaging about anything or anybody. Otherwise, you're quote unquote shaming them. And so basically this is saying that everything is, is acceptable. Anything goes. There is no quote unquote standard is that, hey, do you boo, whatever that looks like for you, just do it. And so people are kind of flaunting things that don't necessarily align with God's word. And then he says, who mind earthly things. And so these are people that get excited about worldly things and they're not able to really focus on the gospel. So I say all this to say, be careful who you follow because you don't know where they're going. You see they're right now, but you don't know what their end is. And if I say, well, 
follow Christ. You know, that's what Paul was saying. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Sometimes when people hear that, especially as, as people with goals and dreams and aspirations and ambitions, sometimes that can taste a little bitter. Like it it's, it's a, leaves a bad taste in your mouth because there's a part of you that it has to acknowledge that following Christ might lead you far away from what you really want to do. It might lead you far away from what you believe that your true calling and purpose and destiny is. And you might think it looks one way. It might look in your mind, like glitz and glamour and fame. But what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? What if that's not what your calling is? What if that's not who you're supposed to serve? What if that's not who you're supposed to be in alignment with? The question is, can you trust God enough to believe that where you are right now is exactly where you need to be? And so be careful who you follow. Number one, you don't have the same why. So the people that you admire, they have a totally different set of reasons why they're doing what they're doing. And they're totally different from why you might want that same thing. Number two, be careful not to pattern yourself after people that you don't really know. And so we all know that media is just that. It's a story. It's a narrative. And so you might like the story, but you may not like the person. There are some some people that, you know, you might admire, but in real life, they wouldn't be your friend. They wouldn't be anybody that you would have in your circle. And so be careful about patterning your life after people that you don't really know. And my last point is about purposeful elevation. Matthew 5.14 says this, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. And so as believers, it is our purpose to be light in a dark world. And if you just take a minute, just take a step back and think about the world that we live in, you know that it is full of darkness. You know that it is full of evil. And I know that you also know that the enemy will never come to you in an overtly abrasive and obvious way. Even though we have these caricatures about the devil and horns and a pitchfork and looking all sinister, You know as well as I know that that is not how he operates. He operates within your desires. He operates within your mind. He operates within things that you lust for in your heart. And then he puts them in front of you to entice and to distract you. And so because you know that, you need to be careful that you don't allow those desires to dim your light. If God has called us to be light in darkness then you need to make sure that whatever it is that you desire is going to create opportunities for you to continue to be light. And so with regard to purposeful elevation, God can absolutely put you into circles that are quote unquote celebrity adjacent, can absolutely put you in circles and in places that are dark or sinister or walking contrary to the word so that you can be an example. But what happens is more times than not, When the Bible says that bad company corrupts good character, what happens more times than not is that you get sucked into their world more so than you are able to influence them to come into your world. If God doesn't have you in that place, you have to think about why would he elevate me to that level or put me in that situation if my heart's desire really isn't to drive out darkness, but to really become a part of it. And I know that when we look at the razzle and dazzle of Hollywood and fame, it doesn't look dark. In fact, it looks great. (laughs) You know, it looks brighter than casino lights. But the Bible says that too. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, he says, Enter by the narrow gate, 
for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go into it. But narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So, of course, when we think about lights, camera, action, glamour, red carpet, and the razzle and the dazzle, the Bible says that broad is the gate. That is a wide gate, and it leads to destruction. And so you have to count the cost and kind of think long term about ultimately where you want to be. And it doesn't mean that you are aspiring to be a part of darkness, quote unquote. But you do know and have to acknowledge that much of what happens in the celebrity world is very contrary to what God would have us to do, what God has called us to do. And sometimes we're willing to make compromises and concessions so that we can be a part of that. And as I said, we're grown. You do what you want to do, but let's be clear about what you're doing. Let's be clear about what your real motives and desires are and ask yourself, where is that coming from? Why do I desire those things? What is my true goal and ambition? You know, the Bible also says that what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And so I know that because we live in the here and now, thinking about things that are eternal just seems so quote unquote unrealistic or that just seems so far off into the distance. But at the same time, we are living in unprecedented times of just corruption and evil and darkness and people are lost and they are scrambling and they are looking for light. And that's what we're supposed to be. And a light for them, not shining a light on ourselves so that we can be uplifted. You know, the Bible says that he will exalt you in due time. So the question is, can you stay the course and stay focused and trust that God is going to put you in front of the people that he needs you to be in front of and align with what your calling and your purpose is, even if it doesn't look like exactly what you imagine or pictured in your head. And so you need to ask yourself, how many people can you draw closer to a meaningful relationship with God through your platform? Or if not God, at least being able to help overcome obstacles and barriers and struggles because of your relationship with God. You might be a witness to them and not necessarily, quote unquote, bring them to church, but you might absolutely be a witness to them through your example, by the things that you've overcome and through your testimony. And so ask yourself that question. And can you be content with where God has you and trust that where you are right now is what's best for you right now? The Bible says that God's ways are not our ways. And the people that you might be overlooking, the people that you don't think are very significant could be the very ones that God is using for your elevation. When the Bible describes Jesus, the Bible says that he was in no form or fashion, that there was nothing particularly attractive about him, that anybody would desire him. They said that Jesus just looked like a regular Joe, that he just looked like a face in the crowd, that there was nothing, ooh, and ah, and girl. I mean, Jesus wasn't Idris Elba, okay? Like, he wasn't. <laughs> Yet, he was the king of the world, all power in his hand. And so sometimes we need to re-examine what we think success is. We need to re-examine what we think success looks like because Jesus didn't look like much, but oh my goodness, look at what he did. Look at what he did for us. Look at the power and the endurance of his platform and what he built. Even though success and power may not look like what you think it is, it doesn't mean that it's not possible and that it's not there. And that if we are purpose-driven and people-driven, then God will absolutely reward that obedience and that faith 
and elevate us to the places where he desires us to be, which may be exceedingly and abundantly above what you think success looks like. So that is it, folks. I hope that you really took this podcast to heart, especially because I'm sitting over here coughing and sneezing and sore throating it (laughs) through this episode. But I hope that you take that message to heart, that purposeful elevation, when you think about what it is that you truly desire, ask yourself, in what way does it align with what God has called you to do and really ground yourself in that place. So that is our podcast for this week. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you have takeaways, shout outs, reflections, you can always hit me up at Dr. Shante Says, and I will see you next time.